Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today we're going to talk about what is luxury. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, episode 11. Yep. And we're back. It was we're two ba- weeks. Yeah, it's been so long. We, we, we hit a streak up until 10. And then we decided uh, it's summer. and We're, we, we're we, done. We, yeah, we're out. Uh, did we make a big deal about the fact that the last episode was episode 10? I don't think we did. Maybe not enough of a deal. I think it was a I big think deal. We, after we said, yay us. Yay us. We did it. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was a big deal. Um, anyway, this is episode 11 of Multiple Offers. Uh, I am here with Matt Brabbins and Jeremy Ray. Hello. My name is Jeff McLennan. And uh, how you guys been doing? It's been so long since we've talked. Feels when we're because well ten episodes every single week yeah um, we don't see each other at the office yeah I, I didn't have any issue with it I know Matt was getting a little tired um, he was telling me how, how tired he was of doing them every single week but uh, I'm totally just throwing Matt in the bus <laughs> yeah here. The, the death um, stare Matt's giving Jeremy right now is amazing it's not true <laughs> I never said that we're a real cohesive team we don't speak to each other anymore oh like you were communicating telepathically that's right <laughs> yeah. Not in front of the outsider. Jeff isn't supposed to know. Hmm. I was, never let him see you cry. It was nice, though. We had... Well, kids are out of school now. Mine was never in school. Yeah, your kid's not in school. Last week was a really good week to take a break because it's the only week out of the summer we don't have daycare. Yeah. And it was it was really hard to manage. It was one of those weird things where like, I put forward, hey, we haven't talked about our meeting. And then as soon as I posted it in our little group chat, I was like, oh... I kind of hope neither of the, I don't want to be the one to say it, but I'm so swamped with things to do right now. I kind of hope nobody else wants to either. <laughs> yeah, it turns out it worked out. <laughs> yeah. Anything else that's uh, new going on with you, Jeff, since uh, our two-week hiatus? Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm playing solo dad right now. So, um, Rach, I keep telling people Rach had a nose job, um, but actually uh, she had some surgery uh, on her nasal cavity to fix some some stuff, but the recovery time on it is is fairly decent, and she's in a fair bit of pain. Um, so she's staying at her parents' house because trying to manage a five and a one and a half year old would be crazy. While she's and risky and very risky, I got punched in the nose on night one of being solo dad, and I was like, oh, that could have been really bad. Like she's this is gross, but she's got cotton up her nose. And, like, she can't blow her nose. She just had the cotton removed today, and they had to take out bone cartilage. It, it's all sorts of painful and gross. Um, but it's really hard selling real estate and being solo dad at the same time. I I, I can't even imagine what I would do if I was, like, single dad. <laughs> like, yeah. like, <laughs> well, that's why there's daycare. <laughs> yeah. That's why there's all-day daycare. My kids have both been in daycare since they turned like six months oh sure but and i've got like i've got parents on helping duty I, i've got lots of people but that doesn't help me at two in the morning when the kids are screaming and crying for mom and there's nothing i can uh-huh. do uh, like it's uh, uh my tired levels are yeah well are and huge. they're in high stress mode too because mom's not home well and right? here, so here's it makes the it thing all harder. so they cry for days for mom so we facetime with her and then 
We get on the FaceTime, and Asher screams and runs out of the room, and Arya climbs under the table. Because they, they, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they saw the bandages and everything. Yeah, totally. Oh, like, it's going to break a mother's heart. Oh, I felt so bad. Like, I was like, uh... Does, does it look that bad? No, hon. No, no, it looks, looks, looks fine. You can hardly tell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rachel must never listen to this episode. I, I think we're we're pretty safe on that. I don't think the wives, <laughs> I don't, I don't think the wives uh, they've made it really clear they're not listening, not, not interested. <laughs> well, I, I because of Rachel's radio background, I make her listen to a lot of the episodes. Like if we were driving somewhere, I'm like, hey, why don't we just listen to one of these and you can tell us what we can do better? Um, but I won't. Uh, this one won't be one. Yeah. Okay. Keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on with you, Matt? Mm. I had a new thing happen as far as business goes. Uh, maybe this has happened to you guys in the past. It's kind of a big vote of confidence from my client. We are completing on uh, purchase soon. Yeah. And this client is the buyer. And they're going to be out of town at the time and have asked me to be their power of attorney. Ooh. So I have been given the trust and authority to essentially sign over the mortgage. Did you go over purchase. those new forms with yourself? Did you disclose... <laughs> um, how it works, being represented and fiduciary duties and things like that. Yeah, I or? guess I'm self-represented now. It's probably really, hmm. I'm going to pretend that you didn't mention that. <laughs> yeah, let's just totally delete, delete, delete. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, that's it. I've only had one client do that, and that was uh, Rachel's parents, actually. They were out of town when we were selling their house, and they signed over power KV of power attorney. POA. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's stressful. I, I don't know why. For me, it was like, whoa. I haven't signed it yet. Like, I, I signed yeah. the power of attorney, but I haven't signed the transfer documents. Yeah. Maybe that will feel like a big deal. I don't know. I mean, I'm just following instructions. It's just sign here, yeah. sign here. Is, enough oh, of the the, there's trail. already a contract in place. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, no, all I'm doing is just the completion. It's just it's just title transfer. Oh, yeah. that Yeah. Okay, cool. So that means they really trust you, but you're not deciding the number value no there's no decisions being made right. it's essentially just authorizing the bank to send the funds over to purchase the property right because mm-hmm. um, so they're not in town or something yeah they're not in town and and it was turns out that the complete that's when completion is oh, going to happen new property we're not talking about it old property yeah either or um so anyway as a general statement it's a real vote of confidence right you know i think yeah. part of it was just the convenience factor they sort of asked me you know who do you think uh i would use to be a power of attorney i said just somebody you you're trust. like me i trust me <laughs> said somebody you trust who you know is available and will follow your instructions yeah. and they said can that be you i said well i'm certainly available <laughs> so now that you're a team they didn't say jeremy uh i don't know these people these people don't know jeremy we do keep our clients yeah, it's kind of separate. If, if That's why I'm asking questions about it because yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't. He know. actually doesn't know. I'm just trying to be the Yoko to the New West guys <laughs> and create that divide. Um, cool. That's awesome, Matt. Yeah. So, uh, what's going on in the news? Hey, Jerry, you got anything? Uh... No, Jerry did I, his. I, I, I kind of did mine, but I also I really want to know about the news. Oh. Did I cut you off? I thought no, you did. no. Jerry Jer went first. Oh, I must not have been paying attention. Yeah, I was just. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was really quick and I handed it off. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the news. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. I got a news flash for you, Walter Cronkite. I am enlightened. Do it live! I can go write it and we'll do it live! This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show.
Today's news story is strata-related. Uh, it's a really unique kind of situation, though, because I thought well, the outcome of it was something that was really worth talking about. And then I actually read the news article instead of just the headline and found out it's a strata story, but it's detached strata. Oh. It's it's in a community on Vancouver Island. It doesn't really matter where it is in BC because we all follow the same strata law. Um, but it's detached houses. And that's something to keep in mind when people are ever wondering, like, what are the implications of buying a single lot? within a strata subdivision. Yeah. All it means is that I'm just paying strata fees for snow removal and garbage instead so we're, of the we're talking city. about bare land strata, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and the article doesn't yeah. really clearly explain it, but you just, you get enough pieces to realize, like, oh, everybody has their own house, they have their own lot, and it's a cul-de-sac. And the, the pointed issue here is that the strata proposed a bylaw change, and it was approved um, to prevent any kids from having any fun in the cul-de-sac. Mm. Not, into so, a, so what was the actual headline? Well, the headline was, No Bike Riding, No Chalk Drawings. Vancouver Island Strata Bans Outside Play on Quiet Road. <laughs> so, basically, no kids playing outside. Is... Yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a no-kid zone. So, I will read you a quote of what the, the, the restriction was. Um, no hockey, no baseball, skateboarding, chalk artistry, bicycling, or other sports and recreational activities. Chalk, chalk, chalk artistry. Chalk artistry. I'm, sure they, I'm glad they didn't say, like, chalk graffiti. Well, they'd say later on that they, it was accused of being graffiti. Huh. And this is why somebody proposed this bylaw. That, wow. Oh, your chalk is graffiti. But then they, as a bylaw language, though, they chose artistry. Artistry. Sure. Yeah, so so much uh, fluffier. Um, this isn't an age restricted. It is not age restricted. They said there's I feel like probably they maybe want to be age restricted. Well, a couple I'm... people. So yeah. they said you know we're a small strata. There's a dozen kids at least aging between age four and ten that it's, live in there. Yeah, it's just a cul-de-sac. But the votes went through fifteen to four in favor of no fun zone. So three and, and how many kids quarter. did you say there were? A dozen. Maybe there's only three so if, families. So if each family has two kids, there's at least there are at least some families in that that don't want their kids to have any fun. Well, they said four <laughs> votes compared to fifteen. Yeah, maybe there are four families and each of them has three kids. Maybe it is on the island. Do you, island you, people have more kids? Is well, that a, well, they 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 have more options for housing to right? accommodate three children. Yeah, <laughs> hmm. but they do have like. Some towns like Qualicum that's got, well, I think, the higher demographic of sort of aging demographic, um, more retirees and things yeah. like that. So, yeah. and I guess one family could that. have like four kids or eight kids. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it was just one family that had twelve kids that was just ruining it. Super <laughs> annoying. They, they, the, the, it's 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 a very short article, but it does hit on all the points. I mean, the the person who represents one of the family says, "I was never confronted with any sort of." issue nobody ever asked me and gave any complaints that said you know we don't like the way your kids are playing there was no warning just just out of the blue they're like emergency ag or sgm it might have been part of the agm it doesn't yeah. say right but there it was it was tabled and huh. and it went through and they're just kind of in shock and she's like i didn't expect this when i bought here i never ever thought that i would have something come up that would prevent my kids from riding their bike on the street you outside don't buy my house. A house so that your kids can't play in the backyard right like that's yeah, yeah. So this, this is the front, front yard this is front yeah. this it's, is the cul-de-sac it's, it's front it, yard only yeah it's, like, it's it's on the street street games you're okay. saying you can't play street hockey right okay. like you're growing up on a cul-de-sac if you ever, you ever had friends on a cul-de-sac i mean that was an amazing like extra playground 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard everyone was talking about this this week. I heard it just in the car quickly, just listening to the radio. Um, Why the, are you guys hearing things that I don't hear about? I didn't hear about you gotta this. You got to use Facebook, man. It's, it's, it's the latest, greatest thing. Oh, tell me more about it, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. You know, Jeff, your social media game is really going to have to pick up. Surprised you can even do real estate without using it, honestly. I'm, I'm a Luddite. <laughs> um, and this is, so it's a bare land strata. I, I guess they, it's a strata, so they might have, they'll have bylaws and rules and things like that. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you don't usually think that they're, you'd think they're just very basic. Because the whole idea of someone doing this is like a bare land setup so they can build houses where normally they might not have been able to on small lots and things like yeah, that, right? Yeah, normally the biggest bylaw rules I've seen in the bare land stratas out here are like, oh, everybody has to have a certain uniform frontage. Like, there are certain plants that you're, like, you got to keep, keep everything kind of... Yeah, mow your lawn. Yeah, hedges can't be higher than whatever, right? Just so that everything kind of looks uniform. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's That's a nice good. way of doing things once all the houses end up probably looking the same too, right? Yeah. You, want to, you want to maintain a little bit of uniformity. But the reason why these bareland stratas typically start is because you can't put in the infrastructure to meet all of the zoning requirements right. for streets mm-hmm. and lanes and all that stuff. So instead yeah. you say, fine, it's one lot mm-hmm. and we'll just figure it out internally how we do this, we'll right? It. So it's amazing. I mean, it's something to look out for as a consumer. You think that it's going to be all fine. But again, we always, we put it in all of our contracts, you know, bylaws can be changed. Fair warning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, you, it's hard. You don't see them removed. You, mo- you usually see them added to the bylaws. I seem like you you come across strata plans or, or stratas that'll be corporations that are they'll add bylaws or we should clarify something we have we see it with um, the Airbnbs and things like that people no short term rentals things that are there's a new thing going on we've got to sort right. of adapt to that what's our stance on it as a strata but you don't usually see we're removing an age restriction or okay I guess kids aren't that bad it's going to take <laughs> new owners coming in and they're going to have to do that again yeah things just get more strict you know oh we've had problems with you know, barbecues. So now we're saying no charcoal barbecues, right? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It seems to take way more to get something removed than it does to Mm -hmm. take, to put something, to add more restriction. Yeah. So that's crappy for those people. Yeah. It's a terrible story. I I just, I couldn't believe it, but it does, it does really highlight the fact that like in new West, uh, it just, the, the city is asking again for more input. And another article came out yesterday in the record about we're adding more dense housing, right? Townhouses, row houses, triplexes, duplexes. What do you think are the better options? My preference is a row house because row houses are not strata. Mm. You know, it gives people some autonomy because there's this massive class divide where it's like you either get your own piece of land or you get to do things your way and enjoy that privilege or you're within this stratified world of following the rules and paying the bills and all the rest of it. And yeah, that comes down to the developer though because there are some that are stratified, right? Some. It just depends on yeah, how they've been but, but there is the option to do non, non-strata row houses. The, the, row, the only row houses in New West I can think of are in Queensboro. Correct. Are those strata? No. Or those are not strata. That's right. So is it just like kind of like if you have a duplex, like you have to just work it out with your neighbor if yeah. there's something? Yeah, like for the uh, roof, for example, yeah. right? Yeah, but most duplexes are strata two. There's strata lot one and two oftentimes, right? My experience um, with duplexes is no. Yeah, a, lo- a no. lot of duplexes are not, but you're basically a strata of two. So you, neither person has voting power, mm. right? You, you both have to agree or you get these random houses in Langley 
where one half is yellow and the other half is pink because they couldn't <laughs> <No>. decide. <laughs> and you have this weird sort of etched line along the roof where they replace yeah. them at different times. It's like a bad sitcom <laughs> from the 80s. <laughs> yeah. like, but along with that risk, I'd rather kind of have the autonomy, right? You get a backyard that's your own. You can live your own way. You do have to get along with your neighbors and you just have to communicate instead of, you know, going to a vote right. and changing things, right? So. Anyway, that's another path where things are going. Uh, that might be another news topic for another day. Yeah, for uh, sure. It sounds like the city, the, the, what, the message from the city uh, of New West was that uh, we realize our OCP planning started three years ago. And since then, the housing crisis has ramped up even more. Right. And maybe we need to just revisit some of our priorities around density which is kind of amazing. They spent years and years and years putting this this plan together yeah. and they realized that maybe it doesn't address everything. And some of our complaints that we talked about in our All About New West episode yeah. was that there was maybe wh- a wh- little... Which of the three episodes was that? It was in the New West trilogy. <laughs> Ep- episode seven, part one of the New West trilogy. Well, you're right. Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you guys are fact-checking me now? Is that allowed? Yeah, well, you got to have it. It has to go both ways sometimes. <laughs> you better be right, though. It is, because we took a break in the trilogy. Nine was Coach Keith, and ten, then ten and was then sa- 10 was Sapperton. Oh, man, I was right. My yeah. memory is good. Yeah. All right. Um, so, that'll make you mad about the news, mad about the world. Do you guys want to... Uh... Uh, one other piece of news. Uh, real quick. What was the bet that we made? Because uh, the stats are out now. Was it June that we bet? No, end or of July. So it's end of July. Yeah. So what was the average days on market that you predicted? Uh, less than two weeks. Okay, so you're right there <laughs> because it was it is two weeks right now. So we'll see. I'll I'll give you this though is that my my bet. I mean, we gave it some some teeth by giving it a specific statistic. Yeah. But as a general statement, I just felt that we were on a trajectory that condos were going to pick up and, and have a, a stronger demand. Yeah. Because houses were getting more demand, and I would say right now we are absolutely not there. Right. Now, it does depend on the product, Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of condo product that is just getting left behind, and there's some, some desperation among some sellers, some realtors. Yeah, and you, you look at one of the things that scared me a little bit was looking at the numbers. New West is better than a lot of the other suburbs. Our, our condos are still at 50% sales ratio. Yeah, the, the, the condos, our sales ratios are much higher than the other suburbs, and I think we talked about this in our first New West episode. Um New West is often last to the table when the market changes. Yeah, we seem to be a bit insulated. Yeah. yeah. So so right now we're on track that, that you're going to be right. That Jeremy will be buying me lunch <laughs> based on Matt's bet. <laughs> yeah. Generally speaking, though, like as much as it's amazing to think that the market is down, the statistics are still, like Jeremy just said, 50% sales ratio. Like half the product that goes on the market sells, and we think this is bad. The, <laughs> the numbers historically are fine. The problem is right now we're in a downward trajectory. So things yeah. are things are dropping even though they haven't dropped to the point where it's the apocalypse. It's still just but, you know, the direction we're moving we is We are still going not, down and I yeah. thought we would be trending to an upward trajectory right. by now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about luxury. Cool. your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. Wrong. Advocate. Wrong. Without money, you lost wrong. 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 Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to multiple offers. 
a real estate show. Okay, so uh, we are going to talk about uh, what is luxury. Now, this is a hot-button word that gets used in a lot of real estate advertising, and we thought it would be just kind of fun to break it down and talk about what is luxury, what's just hype. Uh, Matt, what are your what are your thoughts on this topic? I really wanted to talk about it because this bothers me. Yep. <laughs> You're super passionate about <laughs> the marketing speak of luxury. Well, and I just wondered, like, because I have my own opinions on this, but I'm sure the two of you and, and much of our audience will look at it differently. But I just wonder, when you build something that genuinely has luxury finishings, everything about it, it fits the profile that if you put it in the right location, of course, it's a luxury product. But if you put it in a crummy neighborhood, do you still market it as luxury? Because does that luxury buyer who who values all of those things and has to spend a million dollars on a condo, do they actually want to be in that neighborhood? Do they know what that neighborhood is because you've now branded it as luxury, but do they know that everything else around this one project you've done isn't as luxurious as you say, and they're just being sold something that, that really isn't there? So for example, you've got like a house that you've done a really beautiful renovation to but it's in a really crummy neighborhood on a busy street. Is, yeah. Is that luxury? Is it actually luxury? Right. Should you be calling that luxury? My example that, that I'm really talking about right now is the Peninsula Tower in the Port Royal development. We just talked about Port Royal in the news. And yeah. I like the Port Royal community. We talked about that in our New West segment. Yeah. But the Peninsula Tower is a luxury product. It is high-end. All of its shared amenities are high-end. Every- Everything from they've, like their hallways when you come out of the elevators. Normally, developers are how small can I make a hallway, right? <laughs> so I can, you know, add that square footage to, to units because that's what people are paying for. They just everything's wider. There's yeah. actually room to move around. But no, I don't think anybody would describe that location as luxury. Exactly, they might describe it as night, like it's a nice place to live. But you're not. When I think of luxury, so you, if yeah, you build yeah. the nicest yeah. product out there, gold faucet. Not that they have gold faucets, <laughs> but you know, go, no expense spare. No, no expense spared. Excellent Jurassic Park quote. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a, yeah, it's a house. It's a product. It's something, you know, on the side of a highway or, but yeah, it's nicer than so everything Jeff, else. Is, is it that luxury? luxury? Well, why don't I throw, so in preparation for this talk, <laughs> um, I looked up the definition of luxury. So according to the dictionary, luxury is the state of great comfort and extravagant living. Mm, you didn't answer the question. So... I don't know. I mean, does it have to be the entire? Okay, Jeff. Yeah. I give you $2 million. Yeah. And say, go buy your luxury home. Yeah. You can get something that meets all of the luxury finishings on the inside. Yeah. And it's in a neighborhood that is otherwise run down. Yeah. Has like honestly bad people in the area. Now, this so, doesn't go into our example because Port Royal yeah. does no, not have... It's no, a nice, it's not apply. To no, this. no, yeah. I'm going extreme, yeah. right? But there's there's a higher crime rate. The schools aren't so good. But the house itself is unbelievable. It is everything you could ever have thought you wanted in a house. Yeah. Or you take that $2 million and you buy a mediocre home that only checks six out of 10 boxes that you really want. But it is in the absolute right neighborhood, the luxury neighborhood for a, a certain area. So in your example... I personally don't think either of those are probably luxury, but if I had to say which one of those do I have to pick as luxury, it's probably the way nicer home in the not as good neighborhood versus the so home. So my question is which would you pick? 
Which would I pick to live in? Yeah. Well, that's a different topic. I would pick the not as nice home. I would pick the better neighborhood. I, I yeah. pick neighborhood over, and over So home. the reason why I go that way yeah. is because people who have a luxury standard want a luxury lifestyle. And if everything outside your door is not luxurious, you are not living in comfort or whatever the heck your definition is that you just said. So extravagant was, was, was the, the definition. Um, the, well, but then you get into like, okay, well, the Woodward's Tower in Vancouver, is that luxury? Because those are really nice and they're in about the worst neighborhood you could possibly imagine. But they marketed those specifically to insanely wealthy people. Do they feel like they are getting living a life of luxury compared to the person who is at the Shangri-La? Hmm. Well, the Shangri-La is a hotel. <laughs> so. there, no, aren't, aren't, there, aren't there stratified units uh, on, the, on the higher levels? I don't know. There might be. That would I think, be cool. I think, I think there I've are. never shown one. Yeah, um, I think there are. Or let's just talk about one of the Concord's Pacific products, right? Sure. Like, you know, where that well, is. That's an excellent example. When I think luxury in condos, Concord Pacific is what I think of. They have the most amazing amenities. They tend to be in the most extravagant locations. They are everything I want out of a luxury but the inside meets that as well the inside oh they're the whole package yeah yeah and and that's especially concord at the start like now concord's kind of developing in surrey and they're not doing as high end as what they did in vancouver because they're not in a luxury neighborhood because you don't want to over improve right <laughs> yeah total a hundred percent i don't disagree yeah um so what's the cutoff then i mean we've clearly established that putting a crummy home in a or a really amazing home in a bad neighborhood probably doesn't make it luxury well remember it, it might be luxury but it also is probably over improved like like you're you're almost hurting yourself i i don't know it, it's tough do you remember to, when remax had their luxury brand i don't know if they still do they, that they but do they, uh, yeah the remax they had collection a, sorry they had a cutoff price point yeah and it um i actually i actually know a couple of them um so in new west for Remax to consider you luxury, you have to be two million dollars or above. That's the the price. That, that point. number has I, to have changed. No, no, I, I, no thought, I just I looked it, it was, up. I thought it was a percentage above what the average. It's home a percentage is. above the average, but here's where Remax screws up. They take it of total sales, so they're looking at strata because we had the most expensive oh. penthouse when they first opened, and we couldn't get it into the collection because they're like, well, it's not higher than the high end houses. We're like, shouldn't you be measuring these things separately? And they don't. They measure the mm, whole. Right. So. In in New West it's two million. On the west side of Vancouver it's five million. Is considered luxury by Remax's way of measuring. So a luxury product is one that is expensive. Yeah, yeah. For, so from, that's that's how they that's how they define it. Yeah, yeah. But to justify that expense, you have to be able to deliver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I nobody's going to buy a two million dollar condo in in. Well, now I'm going to get myself in hot water wherever I answer. But, but <laughs> nobody is going to buy something that isn't luxury that's way more money than the average for the area, right? Yeah. I just feel like to be luxurious, it has to fit the lifestyle, not just the quality of the cabinets. I think I'm okay with it not being in a luxury neighborhood. Like, I think if, if the if the square footage is bigger, the finishing is over the top um, above what you normally see. Mm-hmm. Um amenities like some of these places have concierges and pools and things like you know we don't necessarily see in newer buildings in town um so would you define luxury as above whatever the as long as they have yeah as long as they have benjamin more paint 
designer to, to me <laughs> five you know client looking for something luxury and i see in the write-up it says designer paint no um sorry what was your question <laughs> are you judging area by area you're like oh in this area as long as it's above what everything else i'm seeing is that what qualifies yeah, I, I don't as luxury? i just i think you could have a more or just a more broad i almost feel like it's the wrong word because it is a about- nice it's a it is luxurious mm-hmm type product that is nicer than like if someone told me i want uh i don't i want a nice fancy condo yes i've got two million dollars and i want it to be the bee's knees yeah terrace patios all this you know large square footage two thousand square feet um unobstructed views all this good stuff um i would i would i would probably show that building um okay how about this i'm gonna go i'm gonna i'm gonna potentially get myself in trouble here and and get a little bit elitist okay but i think a lot of it has to do with your neighbors um depending on how much money you're willing to spend and i think we keep using the example of strata well i guess we did talk about houses and bad neighborhoods but strata is a little bit easier sometimes but um i think of the key in new west and there's some buildings that were uh built in the 80s um i think we know the one on um 12 KDK court is built in 1986, but it's a low rise wood frame, but it has waterfront units. And a lot of those are getting turned over and they're getting gutted and renovated. And it's an eighties building. Mm -hmm. But imagine going to a 1981 box on seventh street in uptown new West. That doesn't actually exist, but let's just say it did. Mm -hmm. And all of your neighbors are kind of lower middle class. And you go into that thing and you gut that and pump $150,000 into a reno for the kitchen and the bathroom. And on the inside, it's luxury but all your neighbors down the street are driving their Toyota Corolla or in your building in the parking lot and all the rest of it. And this is not to criticize them. It's just you are in a different class. Does it fit? Does it? Is that luxury? I I think, I don't know if it's luxury or not, but you're running into the same problem people run into houses. You don't want to be the nicest house on the block. You don't want to be the way over improved condo I, I agree. Right? I think we all agree on that yeah. as, a, as a basic premise. But then where do we draw the line? Do you do you market that property as luxury? No. There's some truth to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You're, you're taking an extreme. And I think in that example, that extreme in you know uptown, say, um, yes, that neighborhood has ruined your chances of selling that as a luxury product. Whereas Queensboro, or sorry, Port Royal, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't, where it is in Queensboro, I think um, helps it out. Yeah. How do we feel about people who use luxury in their marketing? I have no opinion. I I judge them so hard. (laughs) Because all I hear, I don't know how the, I'm really curious how the public sees that when somebody says they're a luxury specialist. But all I hear is, I'm in this business for easy money. Mm, You're talking about realtors? Yeah, I'm talking about realtors who say, I am a luxury specialist. I just hear, I'm in it for the easy money. I want the big checks. Every new spec house that these guys are building around town here, they, they guarantee you almost every single write-up, 90% of them, will yeah. be, and I'm not buying lunch if I'm wrong, but um, we'll, <laughs> we'll say designer, Ooh, high-end. I have a two-year-old house coming on the market next week. I should use the word luxury. Try it I out. should totally. Yeah. But, but, but the realtors that are, that are advertising themselves, yeah, maybe that's... Well, and it's every brand new realtor, right? Like, oh, what do you want to specialize in? The really high-end stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I don't want know. to sell sell the two million dollars. I only plus need to stuff. do four deals a year. Yeah, and I make all this money. I mean, it's super easy, man. I just got to do four deals. Like, how hard is that? I just yeah. got to come up with four transactions. Why would I waste my time with entry level condos when all I do have to do is go sell a two million, yeah. three million dollar house? Like, oh, I never. Why didn't I think of that? 
And then, of course, the contradiction when somebody brands themselves as a luxury specialist. And all they have for sale is, like, one-bedroom condos? Yeah. Yeah. I have seen that before. (laughs) We're not talking about anybody specifically. But I know for For me, for me, me it's it's the marketing thing that, I mean, that peninsula aside, that's a totally sort of different thing. And they did put some money into it. I think they're talking about boat slips and stuff like that. There is a marina. Yeah, okay. They, They are marketing it to people with... Buckets of money. Peninsula has a marina? Yes. You can get a like a boat slip that comes with your home. That's pretty rad. That's actually. pretty luxurious. Y- yeah, wow. Okay, okay I, I want to live in that luxury. <laughs> so, But they're creating this idea of this marina, which again creates a, a bit of a perception of, of wealth. Yeah. Right? And the building and all the rest of it. But that location is not luxurious. I don't know. I you got don't... my own marina? <laughs> you, you've, got, you've got every outlet store you could imagine. Uh, they closed half you've of them. You've got a Walmart. Um... Grand reopening, by the way. Just renovated. I was just there last week. A lot had changed around there. It, it hasn't sold out yet, has it? No, it has not. Yeah, there. Because has. again, you have to attract somebody who wants to spend a million dollars on a two-bedroom condo in an area that is completely unproven, that's disconnected from everything. Yeah. But it has this perception. I mean, well, it is riverfront, and it is. Yeah. It's got a marina, so if you're a boat person, you can bring your boat in there, or mm-hmm. you could just keep it at the Vancouver Yacht Club and be a whole lot closer to getting out to where you want to go. But you could. And they have to charge. 20, 25% more. I, I might otherwise be talking it's not. out of turn, but I don't think they're going to get the Vancouver Yacht Club crowd buying in there. That's I, what I'm saying. I know. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just don't know when people with money, how they would choose to go there. Right. You know, they are a discerning audience. I have a very uh, wealthy client who bought in Portage. Um, and we looked everywhere and... He had kind of started with, I don't want to see Queensboro. And then after we'd kind of exhausted everything, we went and looked at Portage and he was like, oh my God, I love these. These are, oh, that's cool. These are amazing. I mean, they're, you know, those two story ones where, yep. yeah. Yeah. Like, and they had the loft there. Yeah, they they were super cool. Kind of like a Murano style. Yeah. 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 Uh, I had two clients who wanted to buy a luxury condo. Yeah. And said to me, uh, we're, we've seen all the marketing around this peninsula building at Port Royal. Can you bring me to see that? Mm-hmm. Two different Do you need people. an invitation to get in to see it? it and, and so I had to go through all these hoops to get them to see this place. And I did warn them, though. I said, do you guys know about the neighborhood? And I didn't want to talk it down, but I just wanted to understand, yeah. do you guys know what it means to live there? And they said, and they didn't, but they didn't care. The marketing had been so well done. They were so intrigued by these buildings, right. the luxury product. And then we get there. One of them didn't even go with me. I said, I'm booking the appointment for Thursday. And they called me on Tuesday and said, hey, Matt, we were driving around the neighborhood. Thanks for letting us know to go and have a look around. Not interested. Mm -hmm. Didn't even get inside. And then the other group, we got inside. And they just said, again, this is not the area for us. And they both ended up essentially in like White Rock, South Surrey. Now, that's an area that has some luxury. 100%. Yeah. That has a luxury lifestyle to it. It has a much more dense population of people that fall into a higher income bracket. And that's where you can take any product there that's maybe built in the 70s or 80s. And as long as it has a suitable floor plan and outdoor appeal or outside aesthetic, you can strip it and put every luxury product in there. And as long as you're on the right street in White Rock, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So that's that to me is a luxury neighborhood that justifies luxury renovations. Was this... Your clients wanting to see the one in Port Royal, was 
was this the beginning of your your sort of be in your bonnet about this luxury? Hash, it it, it was pretty much. It yeah. was it was that they they really bought into the idea that I've been told this is a luxury product and I am yeah. a luxury shopper. Right. So I want to go look at it and. And I kind of felt from the start that it wasn't going to fit the luxury lifestyle that they wanted. I didn't tell them that. I wanted them to discover it for themselves, right? Yeah. If I was wrong, I mean, it's not up for me to put that into their minds. If they like it, fine. Because part of why they wanted it was they said they felt that the location, of course, is is more central than White Rock, mm-hmm. right? For people who still like to go downtown, right, right, and do those types of things, take their boat downtown, right. Yeah, yeah. Just go from the marina down to Coal Harbor for dinner. That's a normal thing. But I think it is so subjective. I mean, obviously, we kind of determined that today that we all have little different, you know, ideas of what that means. Um, so I mean, yeah, for clients, if I had someone looking, I'd probably still show it to them. I'd let them know that it's in Queensboro. They may not, it might, because they might see New West, and because there is a bit of a difference there, it's. It's guess, on an island. I guess the thing, too, is that we talked about this in our New West trilogy, that, that New West, because it is somewhat of a geographically very small community, and we don't have a lot of big sprawling lots or incredibly expansive views. We talked about Snob Hill yep. in, the, in the Heights. But we don't offer a, a certain segment of our community that can be branded as really stepping up beyond a lot of the other product to be luxury. Queens Park has that reputation. Part of just, I think, just because, I mean, the houses themselves are all of a higher standard, so it's created a luxury neighborhood over decades. But it's not like when you go to Coquitlam where there's a very densely packed part of Coquitlam and then there's a more sprawling area that has that's up on a ridge that has bigger lots and bigger views and it is very obvious that they are worthy of a $3 million price tag right. and they're luxurious. Yeah. Right. And and we miss that here. So that's where it sort of bothers me that people start saying, you know, luxury, because I think there's more obvious luxury. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit of hype, right? Like, it, what was that development in Wally where they they hailed it as the new Yale town and, you know, and then you get like New West is the new Brooklyn. Everybody's the new, like it. You can kind of lump the luxury word in with all of that, that hype machine. Right. And and apparently it all works. It does work because people want to feel that they have that status. Going back to episode 10, Keith, scarf. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't move to Surrey, but I would live in the new Yale town. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wally. I, I, I think it comes to status, though, which is the first S, the S in scarf, yeah. right, is people want to feel that even if they can't, if they don't have the income to be luxurious, maybe they are trying to get into what's been deemed a luxury product because we all want to buy beyond our means, Right. Well, and everybody we, wants to be proud of what they own, right? Yeah, yeah. You want it to be a, a real proud representation of who you are, right? I don't think we've ever talked about this on the show, but everybody, we've, we've talked about this outside of our show, is that no matter how much money people have and what they can afford, they always want to buy just a little bit higher. Oh, I, I tell that to clients <laughs> all the time when they're like, oh man, like if only I had 25 grand more, I could get exactly what I want. And I'm, I tell people all the time, I'm like, look, it doesn't matter. If you had $2 million... If you just had 50 grand more, you'd be able to get the, like... Yeah, the guy wants to spend yeah. $2 million wants the $2.5 million totally. house. Yeah. Mm. And the guy who's got $3 million actually wants the $10 million estate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. It uh, It's just human nature. You you want to stretch just a little bit. And I guess that's why this stuff works when, when stuff is pitched as being luxurious, right? Mm. But I am just so pragmatic fact, Matt, that you should... <laughs> Hell it for what it is. <laughs> let people know what they're getting, you know, and, and get it right. 
Yeah. Do you guys think was snob the the Heights? Yeah. Was it sold as luxury? Was it like the Western Plateau of New West? And we're talking like fifty years ago, the, the, right? The Heights was luxury when it was was built. Yeah. Like top of the hill, brand new houses, beautiful views. So new that, architecture too. They're doing post yeah, beams it was, in a lot of them. Sure. It was all the atomic super house. cool. So they got they lost their, somehow their luxury they, card. Somehow they lost it because the Heights is still a fantastic neighborhood, but I wouldn't put it way above. It's the size of the house. Yeah. And the lot. Mm. Yeah. Right. Do you see that happening to like a Westwood Plateau? All of a sudden it's, there's the next new development. Burke Mountain just took over and now it's just those old houses up on the hill from the 90s. Like, it's not luxurious. I, I always wonder when we're going to, you know how we look back at like the gold all over in in 90s homes yeah when we're going to be going gold. into houses and being like uh granite why did they ever think that was cool i felt that way for a long time we're kind of there <laughs> yeah <laughs> never even while i had granite i was like i hate granite yeah <laughs> it always looks dirty <laughs> stupid rocks <laughs> on that note all right well did we solve it did we figure out what luxury is no, no. this is definitely the episode of competing there's, perspectives there's and no answer just, there's no right answer yeah there is no right answer, right? It's just a matter of understanding. And and for the, I guess, the consumer who listens, who's maybe thinking of selling their house too, is to maybe not overstate things, but... Um, not if you're listing with Matt, anyway. <laughs> this average, <laughs> modest home has modest room sizes, paint that is just not too flamboyant. Hey, Jared, we're face. on the same team, man. <laughs> That's why I do the write-ups, people. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this: I hate disappointing people. I want to say I want to say something is absolutely as amazing it is, but if I overstate it and someone walks through the door and they're like, "Oh, I really thought this was going to be, you know, uh, to a better standard," you're like, "Well, you're you're toast now." I I completely agree with you. If the first thing a buyer feels is disappointment, they are never going to buy that home. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, that psychological war has been lost. Yeah, you are off the list. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I feel like we learned a lot about Matt. <laughs> yeah. Let's Matt, move on. <laughs> Matt's, Matt's been waiting eleven episodes to grind his axe on the peninsula. Oh no! Somebody's playing the transition. This topic's over. Check out the big brain on bread. How's it working out for you? What? Being clever. Who knows where thoughts come from? They just appear. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Okay, well, it is time for our question of the week. And uh, so this week, Allison asks, uh, can you explain the difference between a deposit and a down payment? Yes. Okay, Jeremy, you're up. Did you already give her the answer? No, I'm just, I'm just making wait. her wait. Because <laughs> one is due at the subject <laughs> removal. Okay, or, well, why, why don't you, why don't you take a question. crack at it? Good question. Yeah. They're kind of the same. No. But one is the time. Your deposit's going... Towards the your pro- deposit becomes part of the down payment, yes. but your down payment is is not your yeah. deposit. They're completely different numbers. Let's start. They're with different that. numbers, yeah. and yeah. usually one is your it's your good faith money. You're saying thanks, we've agreed to buy this property. Okay, so well, let's let's maybe let's start with the timeline. So, Time. Jerry, you said the deposit is your good faith money. When is that due? Um, the past two and a half years upon acceptance. Okay, so or within twenty four hours, but. We don't like those ones. We, upon acceptance, or or firm offer, condition removal, right? Subject removal, 
when oh. when there are no conditions, when you have a firm and binding contract. So when the buyer is completely committed, 100%, I'm going to buy the thing. It's not, oh, if the, just, there's an inspection. No. And, and just to sh- prove to you that I want to buy this house and I'm serious, yeah. I'm going to put what usually is around there. A lot of people for first-time buyers is around their down payment. I think the important part of her question is just what's the difference, not what is a deposit, right? Sure. Um, yeah. It's cash money, certified funds into a trust account, yeah. usually the buyer's brokerage account. And that gets sent off to a lawyer. And then the lawyer will figure out how much money you're borrowing. And then we'll tell you the difference. And why did you say it's good faith money? Because you have a legal and binding contract. And you are, you're you just putting up some funds saying just to show you that we do have a legal agreement, which doesn't it, it could have zero deposit. But it just gives the seller a little bit of because the seller can go after that money if if the buyer doesn't go through with the contract, right? They can go after damages, irregardless. Sorry, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, now my understanding is that they have a choice. They can either go after the deposit or they can sell the home again and sue for damages. And that the easier of the two is to go after the deposit. You can ask for it. Yeah. The buyer has absolutely no obligation to give it to you. And no, the only negative your repercussion recourse. is that they just don't have access to those funds. Right. They'll be held up until it goes to court. But your recourse yeah. is going, yeah, having yeah. a judge decide. Yeah. It's, it's not an, that's a very good point. It could be Matt. more. It's not an automatic, no. oh, they sell it. That's really this. important for anyone yeah. listening to Most know. Most people think yeah. that, though. It just, oh, it automatically goes to me as the seller if the buyer doesn't go right. ahead. And you need to make that very clear that. The seller can just as much as the buyer choose not to complete. And right. if it was so unilateral that the deal didn't happen, that yeah, the money went back out. to the seller, mm-hmm. then the seller could just choose not to complete and they'd get the money. Right. The buyer Which, probably isn't very happy about that. Yeah. It's like, oh, so you just didn't follow through on our contract and you get to keep the whole deposit? That's not yeah. fair. So it just sits there in limbo until both parties agree on how those funds are dispersed. Right. Or judge makes a decision. Yeah. Usually it goes, I mean, I've seen it happen. Um, where it rarely makes it to court, but it often goes through a number of pre-trial hearings. Right, that makes sense. And then a settlement agreement is reached. And if you are actually damaged, you have actual legal damages because somebody didn't follow through with their part of the contract, Yeah. the deposit number that you give, if you give a $100,000 deposit or a $10,000 deposit, it has absolutely no bearing on how much money you will be compensated for the other party not fulfilling their obligations. Right. You have to prove precisely what your damages are. Mm-hmm. So in, it, in your case that you went through, yeah. had they sold the house again by the time it... Yes. And did they sell it for less than yes. what they... So in that case, it's very clear what the damages are. Is that correct? Well, it's very clear to one party... Yeah. Right. Who says, well, this is obvious. And then the other party just goes and tries to make up stuff. Right. So if you're if you ever a consumer and you're wondering why there's so many extra words in our contract that mm-hmm. seem superfluous. Yeah. It's just because they're there to try to close legal loopholes. This particular instance, um, they, they used a number of things to try to get out of the contract because really they just didn't fulfill the contract because the market tanked. The buyer didn't go through with the contract. Correct. Okay. Buyer didn't proceed. And because the market tanked and they said, well, I mean, I'm just going to lose a bunch of money, so I'll just not buy it. Right. And then they just started making stuff up saying, well, you got your lot size wrong. Oh, like they were trying to you're, create you're, misrepresentation. Yeah, misrepresentation, right? So your, your width was off by, you know, uh, six inches. 
Yeah. So misrepresentation. Oh, you didn't disclose this characteristic of the lot that makes it hard to build on, right? Which all of these things were just false. But that's exactly why we have a statement in our contract that mm-hmm. says measurements are approximate. If any right. things, things are important, they should be verified by the buyer because then they can't use those as outs. Right. And it tied this up for years. Really? Years. Wow. And eventually a settlement agreement was reached. Hmm. So that's the deposit. And it never went to court. Never made it to court. A settlement agreement was reached before court, but oh, but probably days before, which is very common in the legal world, right? Yeah, right you're, to you, the end. Your court date is two years out and they just keep waiting you out and waiting you out. And, yeah. you know, it's harder on the buyer, you would think, because however much money they put up, if it was a $100,000 deposit, it's just sitting there in a trust account. That's your $100,000, you feel, but you can't access it. Right. The seller is, is less negatively impacted in a way because they haven't had any actual funds taken out of their well, bank their account. Their negative impact in your example has already happened and is done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They re, they resold yeah. it for a number that that, 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 that situation then became the best outcome they thought they could get. So they've got their money, they've moved on. They're probably living somewhere else or whatever's going on. Right. They, that, that's important to note too, is the seller has to mitigate damages. Like you can't then go and sell your house for a dollar to someone and be like, <laughs> well, I guess you owe me $700,000. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a that's a lot more complicated than people think. Yeah. Um, the deposit just sits there in limbo until somebody agrees on what most, it is. Most people think, I think that's, I get that. Yeah. If this doesn't happen. The seller most, thinks. Yeah. yeah and seller. I'm always careful to explain to sellers, like, you'll probably get it, but you're going to have to fight for it. It's not just To fight for it means hands. hiring a lawyer and proving yeah. Oh, yeah. it. And you have yeah. to prove that, the, it, let's, uh, what's the most common deposit amount we see? $50,000? 5% usually yeah. of whatever the purchase price is. So, yeah. But let's say it's 50 grand, right? Yeah. It's like, if you want to fight for that 50 grand, you have to prove that you're owed 50 grand. It doesn't matter. If you turned around and sold that house for the exact same price, yeah. so all your extra costs are is a little bit of carrying costs on a mortgage and all the rest of it, your total damages are 12 grand. You well, don't get 50. You don't get 50. I guess the difference, though, there are two things that I think of when you say that. Uh, thing one is you don't get 50, but you know there is 50 there. So whatever you get, that money is in trust. The seller can't just spend the money and be like, I'm broke. I've got no money to pay you or the buyer, I mean. That's correct. It is easier for those funds yeah, to flow into your bank account. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is if you're in one of these domino situations where I sold my house and then I went and bought another house, but because you didn't buy my house, I couldn't complete on that house. And then that guy couldn't complete on all of this. Those numbers can add up pretty quick if there's, you know, we get a lot of these deals where we're a rate. There's maybe four or five different purchases mm-hmm. in in connected. Yep. Yep. They can. But again, you'd have to go to court to, to yes. put all that yeah, on the table. Nobody's just going to hand you. The fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, check. you got to yeah. put all that on the table, and then that's going to get very complicated and convoluted. So again, yeah, that that money is very difficult to make that just flow into your bank account. But to your point, if it's in a trust account, when the judgment is made, yeah, that's a quick payday, right? But if it's not in the trust account, then they have to figure out how do I yeah. extract because most people don't have thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> your damages are two hundred grand. Yeah. Try you know try getting that from those people at that point. It's yeah. going to be it's yeah. going to be a challenge. So okay, so, security there for sure. Okay, so we've got deposit now. Can we, let's take let's use a hypothetical sales number. Okay, okay. six hundred thousand dollar property. Yeah, five percent mm-hmm. would be a thirty thousand dollar deposit. Correct. Okay, so we've done a thirty thousand dollar deposit on that contract. It is firm and binding. It's going ahead, and then let's say two months later they're going to be completing and getting their mortgage. Yeah, and that mortgage includes a down payment. Deposit versus down payment. So down payment. 
Jeff? Okay, so that $30,000 does become part of my down payment, but I may be adding more money to it. So let's say I'm putting $60,000 down. So that's a, now a 10% down payment. Yes. Uh, the 30 gets released from the trust account on completion, and that becomes part of my down payment, and then I have to come up with the other $30,000 to level it off, and then my down payment is complete. Right. So probably a common question with first-time buyers, one, because they've never experienced it, and two, a lot of first-time buyers probably buy with 5% down. Yes. So the deposit and the down payment a lot of time start the to same. look the same. Yeah. But people who've been in the market longer sometimes put 40% down. You know, they've got equity and all the rest of it, right? Yeah. No one's putting a 40% deposit on their home. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. Right? But, but certainly that cash is available, but it doesn't mean that they're just putting it up and putting it on the contract. I think one thing, too, that uh, you you mentioned first-time buyers and it kind of triggered something. I think the most common mistake first-time buyers make with their deposit is thinking the deposit is the down payment and that they don't need it till completion. And then when they need it, you know, they write the offer. There's maybe five days till subject removal. And their realtor tells them, hey, you need to have a deposit in five days. And for some reason, their realtor didn't have this conversation with them at the start of the process. Or maybe it was quick and the start of the process is now. Um, and they were taking out of their RSPs or some other thing where the money is tied up. time to clear. Yeah. There's lots of times where you're getting that deposit. And if it was down payment, that's fine. You've got time. You've got a couple months. But deposit usually is fast. Like Jeremy said, sometimes it's within 24 hours of acceptance if mm. there are no subjects. Yeah, when it's competitive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, certainly, like you said, the realtor didn't have a conversation early on because I always ask them, I say, deposit amount in this price band is probably going to look like this much money. Mm. Is that money liquid? Yeah. <laughs> because I'm not going to judge you and say you don't have it. I'm just saying, yeah. can you access that? If I said you needed to put that in a certified check a week from now, yeah. is it there? Well, mm-hmm. And sometimes it has it. Like the reason I brought up the fast example is I, I had a buyer this week. We were supposed to meet on Tuesday to go over everything. Like our very first meeting was Tuesday. On the weekend, she called me and was like, I went to an open house and I love it. And they're looking at offers tonight. <laughs> and so we wrote an offer, but we had to quickly have that conversation. And Do you have <laughs> access yeah, yeah. to funds? <laughs> like, and she had to check because she wasn't sure. You yeah. know? Like, oh, I am pulling some out from RSPs. And it worked out that we could make the deposit amount like – the deposit was fine. She had that. The down payment she's pulling out from her RSPs, so it it worked. But quick calculations where you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. And they can be adjusted, and it's not necessarily 5%. It does, definitely helps the seller feel a little bit better you know, when they're deposit and things like that. But, it's just kind of yeah. a benchmark, right? We yeah. see a lot less than 5% often when people are making their move from strata, like their one big move to go from totally. the condo up to the house. And- the down payment is their equity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I feel like I have a bunch of money, but it's all equity in my yeah. condo. I'm buying a house for $1.1 million. A reasonable deposit on this should be fifty dollars or $55,000. I don't have $55,000 in my bank account. I just have $300,000 in equity in my condo. Right. So they're writing an offer on a million-dollar property with a deposit for $22,000. And it's actually just not that uncommon. Yeah, I find as long as you've got a story to support it, sellers are usually okay with it. Yeah, yeah. I think the caveat there is that you don't want to really long close. You don't want to be waiting three months. For sure. You know, the more risk there is. The more time goes by, the more things can change. Yeah, definitely. Right? So we see that. And then some people, it's interesting, who have a lot of wealth, uh, sometimes don't have all that cash accessible as well. Like, let's not make assumptions that just because somebody is wealthy, they have cash in their bank account. 
Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of yeah. them, it's, it's in investments, you know, and sure. that money is not liquid or it's in just different assets, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, having access to that down payment, you know, before you start shopping is important. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Okay, well, that turned out to be a good question. That turned it was a little longer than just uh, you know. Yeah, thank yes, you, Alison. No. Is it a good question? You know, it seems like a really simple question on the surface, but we we put a little time into that. That's yeah, it's a valuable question. So we like questions like that. Thanks, Allison. Yeah, if uh, if you guys have questions, you can send them to feedback at morealestateshow dot com. It's story time with Jer. Great story compelling and rich it's not always my story no it's not always your story what if matt has an awesome story to tell well he can tell it to me or write it down and i will (laughs) paraphrase this is multiple offers a real estate show okay well i don't know if i even really want to tell this story um great (laughs) let's record it (laughs) so uh i have a listing in uh new west and Another agent got a listing that's almost identical to mine. And so I went to her open house to check it out. And so we go up and we look and she's priced just a little under mine, but I've got hardwood. She doesn't. We're pretty much the same. It seems like, okay. And uh, we get into the elevator. Yours is like the luxury version? Mine is much more <laughs> luxurious than uh, than uh, the other one. So we're in the elevator and a brand new listing in the building came up the same same size that listed uh uh 50 grand under my listing and we're both talking and we're both kind of pissed off about it and so are you and the other agent yeah me and the other okay. agent okay um how many, how many people this, are in the elevator well there's me and there's the, the other agent, agent you're speaking with. And then there are a couple random people in the elevator. Oh. And, we, and we assume they live in the building. Well, I guess that's safe to assume. Okay. Um, so I'm telling her, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't know what they're thinking. I can tell you everybody in the building sure going to hate those people. <laughs> and then the two people in the elevator, I don't even know what it was. Like, it wasn't a specific look, but it just kind of felt the air change. And it got really quiet in the elevator. And I eventually was like, it's you guys, isn't it? And the wife was like, yep. (laughs) How do you always end up in these situations, Jeff? I don't know. I don't know how you do this. (laughs) But then she asks me, do you think, like, why will people hate us? Did we list too high? What? And I... I was like, do you know about the other two listings in the building? And she's like, there are other two listings of our floor plan. And then I just shut up because I was like, I'm going to real estate jail if I don't get quiet really fast right now. But I, I don't think they knew about the other two even in the building. I think, oh, you told me this story. I may, have, I might have texted. No, they didn't know about the other sale. Oh, Yes, that is the piece that's missing. Was, the last sale was fifty thousand higher than what they than what. So they maybe sold. the evaluation was done just before that sale. Mm. Getting ben- giving benefits of doubts over here, Benef- Jer. I have all yeah, the d- benefit doubts. Yeah, <laughs> but it's possible it was evaluated prior to the. the I mean, last maybe sale. if they evaluated and that 
it that sale definitely showed up on MLS. Was it in the sister building or was it in that specific building? It was uh, it was in the sister building. That's so why they that's why they they didn't see it. So it could have been could have been that, that the other been. agent didn't know to check. Could have been the size of the unit. I think when you get big ones like that, if you're compare, if you don't comparing them identically, you might get some that are like a two bedroom and den, or some that are three bedrooms sure. that kind of. Confuse. And all you do is you just price your do your price per footage calculation. Maybe that was part of it. Too. Well, I think this goes back to to being an area expert and knowing your product. And if people don't know how to search right, they're just all they're doing is relying on MLS instead of local knowledge. I think this goes back to being aware of how many people are in the elevator <laughs> when you're talking. You're going to put your foot in, put your foot in your mouth. Do it in do it in private. How do you do this, Jeff? <laughs> Was I don't know. Are Jeff yours? has way more fun stories than every us. Every time. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we don't have good stories. Um, I feel like my next good story is only because I made an ass of myself in the luxury segment. <laughs> just just to follow up, there's we, you were just talking about three properties. Which ones are sold? The three listings. Yours, elevator friend, and the people who are underpriced. Who everyone hates you. now, according, I, according to Jeff McClendon. I I don't think I know. I don't think any of them have sold yet. So it's not all bad news. So are it's they not under- like that mistake just cost them? So well, it, it, it's a hard thing to say, right? Because um, without getting into too much details, theirs is not as nice mm. as the other ones. Did you tell so them that, too? That might have been helpful. Uh, yeah, just really twist that <laughs> And knife. it's crappier. Um, but it makes our prices, like it hurts us price-wise okay. looking at it. Right. So yeah. it's this whole what what's going to happen. I don't know. Yeah. I just had, there was a sale in one of my favorite buildings in town. Um, that And it was, I, I, and this was another owner in that same building coming over to vent to me about this woman who sold this place. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's weird. Cause you just see, you just see different pricing strategies and things like that. And luckily that underpriced yeah. did get um, multiple offers, which I guess was their intent originally. Um, but even with that, it was still wasn't as high as it should have been to sale. Right. Um, and so I was, he was just letting me know that every, yeah. everyone is pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's tough in a correcting market, right? Like, yeah. For, yeah. So Kind of adjusting. Cool. And, yeah. And, and my point wasn't that they're underpriced. My point was that I stuck my foot in my mouth. You did put your foot in yeah. your mouth. You are getting really good at that, Jeff. In, in high school, we had a code word, which meant Jeff, shut up. Shut, uh, up. shut up, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> they're right behind me, right? Yeah. No, like it happened enough. Like straight out of a sitcom. The, the, the word was spoon. And if if my buddy Alex ever said spoon, it meant whoever you're talking about or one of their friends is standing right behind you. Yeah, whatever you are absolutely ripping apart right now yeah, applies you need to, to somebody <laughs> yeah. in the area. Yeah. Um, I had I needed to know because Jer asked. It, it appears that they're all active, or one terminated. <gasps> did did the low end one terminate? Uh, no, it's still active. Which one terminated? The highest priced one. 1402 oh that's jeff's oh no no that's 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 the other realtor who i was yeah um let's see here this This is excellent terrible radio radio. let's talk about this after oh that started really high too well it it was yeah anyway tune in next week (laughs) (laughs) well it turns out nobody's right none of them are sold and and jeff um has a little bit of foot and mouth disease yep um, Thanks for the story. Great, great story, Jeff. Compelling. 
Thank Rich. you. Is that it for, for the episode? Do we have anything left? Do you have any other questions that your buyers ask you that you don't know the answers so you're asking us? <laughs> oh, we're on to you. <laughs> yeah, Jer, I really don't know what the difference between a deposit and a down payment is. Thank you so much. I, th- I think... Is that it? I feel like that's it. Thanks for it. listening. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, next week. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Next week, uh, I don't. We're oh. working on a few things, but we're trying to line up a guest. We're working on a guest, but we're having a little bit of time, hard time lining them up. So we'll we'll hold off but on one, announcing but, but that. Potentially, it might be uh, about prepping your home for inspection. Okay. Without a guest. Without a guest. Or it'll be secret mystery topic. I think we should find a guest to do the topic, even if it's your person or someone else. Yeah. But because it is the time that people are doing the things. Okay. Getting ready for, like, fall market is coming. September is coming. Putting the heat on. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you guys so much for listening again. Thank uh, you. If you enjoyed this, uh, please think about leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and uh, think about subscribing. Um, I've been Jeff McLennan with Matt Brabins and Jeremy Ray. Thank you guys very much. Long trips. That's not a long trip. I drove to Matt's um, thing property there in Tulumine. It's long for me. It's long. That's not long. I don't think I would. When were we speaking about long trips? Oh, we, no, it was just a bad segue. Okay. Oh, uh, no, this. Oh, binge watching, uh, binge listening to. Oh, when we were offers. off the air, you're, you're referencing something that we were saying while we were off the. This air. is we're doing this whole thing live right now. Zero edits. Okay. One take. Um, anyways, I drove to Matt's property in Tulumine yeah. and it's four and a half hours or so it away, is five hours. What are you talking about? Princeton is three, three hours. Princeton is three, right? Let's drive to Princeton. No, it's two hours and 45 minutes. It's three hours. So, but if you need to stop for gas or if you have a baby that needs food or diapers and things like that, there's a stop. Your kids are a bit older maybe. So you can, yeah. you can, you can, yeah. and you can speed, but I drive the speed limit. As a, I, as a law-abiding I, citizen. I got much, a ticket on my way up to Summerland on the long weekend. Is it your new fast car you've got? In my, mm. in, no, I was, I, didn't, I was driving Rachel's... Oh, uh, the Mazda? Yeah. Oh, it's a little bit Was, was it going downhill into uh, Sunshine Valley? I was just really speeding. No, but I want to know where you were, because they've got the regular spots. Yeah. They love downhill. The, the, yeah. the worst is I avoided three of the traps. Like, I was so aware... And then it was just the last little home stretch. Oh, okay. You were just cruising. I was just like, oh, I'm just tired. And the guy, the guy was like giving me the talk. Like you were really close to me impounding your vehicle. And then my, my little girl made like a cute little noise and he was like, oh, and then he's just like, I'm just going to write you this ticket real quick. Here you go. Um, and then my kid, not the baby, my son, the whole time, like. Dad, what would have happened if he'd impounded our vehicle? Would we have been walking? Dad, why were you breaking the law? <laughs> How fast are you going? I don't know. They that, don't. That uh, sounds fast. That sounds really fast. I don't know. I, I I don't go that fast, Jer. I just drive the speed limit or a little bit. I, I drive over the speed limit, but like a regular person over the speed I, limit. I was with the flow of traffic. Like it wasn't like I was, I was in the path. Oh, he yeah. just singled you out because you're in a got, bright red car. Yeah, red ones get tickets. Red ones get tickets. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's true. Yeah.
I've heard that. Anyways, it, it's... Okay, it's, no, let's just clarify. It is three hours and 15 minutes driving time if you don't stop. And if you stop and get gas and have a pee, it's three and a half hours. That's what it are, takes. I've done the drive best, like 40 best times. Best case scenario, no traffic. Your tank is already full. You're not hungry. You don't need to stretch your legs. I make a stop every time for gas and pee break and all the rest of it. And we make it there in usually you under three hours and 20 seconds. Minutes. No, in and out. I put in a full Matt's tank of gas. Stopwatch. He's like, let's Jer. go, let's go, let's go. Brabenzis. Jer. Yes. Gas is much cheaper in Abbotsford. Do you think I drive there with anything but the minimum amount of gas required? I do not know. I Anyways. leave, I leave, I, I am already planning how much gas is in my tank right now to leave 10 days from now. It's, you you anyway. got Matt all fired up here, Jerry. I, 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 I put in a... This is the Matt's fired up episode. There is we're a full... Matt. Whoa. We're, we're, calm down, Matt. There is a... Hey. That's okay. Hey. We've, we've turned you down a bit. Hey, Jack. You're getting censored. Where, where did I go? As a full stop... Full tank of gas, kids buy treats, everybody uses the bathroom, we get there in under three and a half hours. Don't tell people it takes four and a half hours to get my cabin. Now tell the rest of your story. Anyways. Matt might be critical as you go. (laughs) I'm just sorry, I'm just adjusting Matt's volume here so that uh, the listeners at home aren't blowing their speakers. I'm moving this segment to the start of the show. (laughs) Um. I forget what I was even talking about. You went up to to Matt's cabin. I'm popping now. You went up to Matt's cabin. Yeah, it's far. Um, I'm a I'm a ferry person, so I like to drive to the ferry and then just chill on a boat. <laughs> but or sit in your car for an hour until the ferry leaves. Is the story about was, you getting somebody, to Matt's cabin, okay, or is the story about it something is now. that is happened? It better, Matt's maybe cabin. it's better if someone was driving me. I might not feel like it was long. Uh, clearly, you're not used to driving. You like ferries. I drive I, my drive. I never drive more than like. 10 minutes that's probably why you don't like it yeah so because i hate ferries i love driving i hate the ferry lineup i I like ferries i don't like having to get there early and then all the waiting if i once i'm in the car i just want to go i just go and i'm going Hmm. is within my control i'm an autonomy person anyways i went to matt's place um and then we taught his kid how to drive and uh ended up finding some the mud's a bit different in tulamine um and (laughs) we found this really soupy mud that didn't look like mud and i hate mud but we're taking uh, taking the Jeep on some little forest service road. Is Cammy driving? Is that is is that what you're saying? Mm, she wasn't. She, she did a little steering on a little back road. <laughs> she she drove. Yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt did the pedals, and then she was driving. Yeah, uh, not for the mud segment though. But uh, she's a mudder. It got real no, technical by up, accident. We ended up coming back from this little trail safari that we were going on with. And my truck was just caked in mud. And uh, and Jane wanted me to wash it, and there was nowhere to wash it. It was a horrible, horrible experience. There's no car. There's no drive-through car washes in Tulamine. Um, it was just awful, and it's still caked in mud. That mud stuck on thick. It took half an hour. I stopped on the way back. The chunks actually, were like three quarters inch, like deep on the on the wall. It's not like a little t- spray. Tim were- Tim saw it. Tim was driving on the same road. Oh, Come, t- coming back. Did you He's like, Tim- did you see me honking my horn at you? I'm like, no, I couldn't see through all the mud. Tim Tim washes his car like every two days. Really? Yeah. He, he, it must be nice to have he, free time. He posted an Instagram pic of him, and he was like, daily car wash. And I was like, you don't wash your car every day, do you? And he's like, not every day. And then I started noticing. <laughs> every second. <day. laughs> yeah, he really he, he keeps a clean car, so he probably judged you. His car looks hideous when it's dirty. Jared's, Jared's no, car. Tim's. 
Mine suits like me. more than normal yeah. cars. Yeah, it seems to have this extra like X factor that when it gets a little, I noticed. I was like, oh man, that thing got dirty and it looked bad. Huh? Is it gray? What color is it? Yeah, it's what's well, two tone. We oh, usually gray looks good. His just doesn't. It just it loses all of its appeal. There's something about is it. Is your when new it gets, gray car better for dirt? I haven't washed it yet. Oh, it's been about a month. Show about cars. What else do we want to say about cars? So, your car got dirty. Is the story? Well, yeah, yeah, well, but like you put me on the spot. This was special mud. This was amazing. It it yeah. hit the car it's and like it concrete. stuck like it was so thick. And it was and you try to open any door, touch any part of this car. And now there's mud stuck on you, and you can't just wipe it off. It was just part of you for the next like three I hours. Stopped in Chilliwack. I cleaned the car wash bay after I car washed. It was it was so bad because I felt bad. Really? Like, this isn't this isn't fair. I'm not doing this to somebody and leaving their bail. Next guy that comes in here with this Kia Sorento or whatever, it's going to get even dirtier because there's just mud. It's all over the walls. Of the anyways, you went to a and they're playing car wash mud. and you and you yeah because the car I wash couldn't bit. handle how dirty it was. <laughs> there was there was mud stuck on the wheels that they were out of balance, like they were vibrating at because there was just like big lumps in weird weird places. And Jane um, was mad about this. She's like, can you wash it before? Like, we got to put the baby in here, and now the pack and play is caked in mud. Um, the mud was on the outside. Of the she car, didn't think it clear. looked as cool as I thought. It you thought it looked pretty cool. I was like, that looks pretty bad. Uh, ba ba. Yeah. Um, and Tim saw you, and he gave you he gave you credit. Yeah. 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 And that's all Jer wants is Tim's credit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. It all was right. totally worth the five hour drive. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was worth the five hours. Right? <laughs> this story's going nowhere. It's the worst story ever. Yeah, this show- oh, and and his kid tricked me into going swimming in this the freezing cold lake at his house. This is Cammy again. Touche. Yeah. Like, did she She's sneaky? Did she jump in and she knew it was freezing? She's like, yeah, we're going. I'm like, hey, we're going to swim tomorrow. I thought she's yeah. going to be like, no, it's freezing freaking cold. Uh, she's like, yeah, no, we're going swimming. I'm like, okay, we'll go swimming. We'll go all the way to the dock. Like, yeah, we'll go going to the dock, get in there. And she's I'm like, what are you doing? Why do you stop? Because there's seaweed. <laughs> and then she peels back, and then I was sitting on the dock by myself. He totally took the bait, like the cycle. Like, okay, we're going. We're both going right now, full speed. Go. And Jer got in, got in front and didn't look back. Yeah. So did you go in the water? Yeah, I went swimming. Okay. <laughs> yep. Anyway. All right. Were you expecting something to happen in this story? At some point, yeah. Hmm. What did happen? That's it. <laughs> oh, his Matt's that trip cost Matt a couple thousand dollars because his dog ate a sandwich that was full of rocks and cellophane and bad beach sandwich. Dog's okay now. That's why you don't eat sandwiches you find <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> Thanks, Listen everybody. to all our dog listeners out there. 